0: Good morning, welcome to this Australian Finance Briefing for Wednesday the 21st of October. My name's Nick here in Melbourne, starting with the Afterpay announcement yesterday. They're pairing up with Westpac Bank. Afterpay stock closed up 6%, a great opportunity to sell, and it was also almost up 7% intraday. So it performed exceptionally well, now over the 100 Australian dollar per share price. So a big sort of psychological barrier pushed through there and probably the main thing to take away with this pairing is the sort of the complementary nature of the deal so you've got Afterpay which is tech savvy you've got lots of young users you know early adapters those types of people poor you know reputation of not having strong regulatory compliance and those sorts of things and you know no credit license that type of thing being matched with Westpac which is almost sort of the complement to that a a well-established institution with most of the time, you know, high levels of compliance, a lot of resources in compliance, and also a user base or customer base that's slightly older and generally a wealthier set of customers, which isn't you know the typical afterpay user. And certainly compared to say Commonwealth Bank, Westpac doesn't really have an entrant in the buy now pay later scheme or part of that. So it seems a sensible win-win for both companies and certainly, is reflected in the share price performance yesterday. So, yeah, beyond that, probably the key takeaway is that, you know, Westpac has been working on this sort of white label product for banking services. They've realised that the market's changing rapidly, but one of the issues with sort of financial services is it's incredibly expensive to set up financial companies, lots of regulatory requirements, compliance costs, so they've set up this sort of white-labeled product and Afterpay will be the first customer of Westpac's white-labeled product. So they they use a company from Britain called 10X that uses AWS and it sort of you know, basically compares that with the you know, the Westpac's banking licence and, and the balance sheet to, to offer products. So it certainly sounds like a, a great opportunity there. So these products that Afterpay will sell will still be Technically, Westpac, so you become a customer of Westpac, but it will be labeled as Afterpay, so a bit like you know, a mortgage broker arrangement. Now, there's not really much clarity on sort of what things will be offered. It's expected that there'll be things like a transaction account, a debit card, bill payment functionality, but we don't really know quite what else it is. But it, you know, Afterpay has developed quite an extensive set of sort of customer analytics where they really understand what people are doing and where they're buying and that sort of knowledge of the customer should help drive sort of recommended financial services products, helping helping the customers both sort of manage their finances and you know discover new services. So it sounds like a, a positive move there. Moving to the RBA now and yesterday they released the minutes of the October the sixth RBA meeting and a lot of what was discussed seems to be sort of what everyone else was thinking and and talking about anyway. They largely mentioned that that our yields are too high, causing our dollar to be too strong, which is putting a headwind on the economic recovery. Of course, that's what we sort of knew. So to elaborate, they say Australian bond yields were higher than they should be. And members noted that larger balance sheet expansions by other central banks relative to the RBA was contributing to lower sovereign yields in most other advanced economies compared to Australia. Yes we knew that for example the Reserve Bank of New Zealand have sort of foreshadowed that they're going to be doing negative rates. Of course you know if we're doing much less than most other developed central banks then then, you know it's to be expected our yields will be higher all else equal and you know, they mentioned that they discussed the implications of these higher yields on the Australian dollar, and they said, on balance, the board thought it likely that there were greater financial stability benefits from a stronger economy, while acknowledging that risks in asset markets had to be closely monitored. So they're sounding like they're, you know, they're more concerned about the, the downward pressure on economic recovery from a high dollar than the problems caused by a, another property bubble or, you know, the residential real estate market bubbling and popping. Moving to asset management in the US and particularly active management and its costs. So the Financial Times has run an article citing some new research that's found that the impact of the massive allocation these days in endowments and pension funds in the US to alternative assets is sort of shooting a lot of these funds in the foot So they mentioned that U.S. public sector pension funds had 28% of their $3.6 trillion in assets and allocated to these alternatives and large endowments had 59% in alternatives. So the majority of assets in that sort of rather sort of blurry asset class. So what the thesis of the article is that these big allocations require a lot of active management and because it's alternatives it's not just a, a little bit of you know extra analysis it's a lot and it requires a lot of highly pay, highly paid portfolio managers so they say that the average endowment in the US now has a hundred fund managers which is up from an average of 18 in 1994 and the implications of this is this is the the edge these funds have got from all these extra managers has been basically lost through having to pay for them all. So they mentioned that some um, funds have underperformed index trackers by 1% since 2009. So interesting times there. They go on to mention that the, sort of the impact of having say 100 managers is that you're you're getting almost like a law of averages there, a central limit theorem, where you get the sort of bets count, you know, um, cancelling each other out. So one manager takes one way, another manager takes another way, and it ends up, you know, going nowhere. And all that leaves is you know mediocre performance and a really high cost base. So they also the third thing they mention is that the the size of the alternative market has grown so much. So, you know, back in the early 90s, there was very small allocation to alternatives, and that sort of left more scope for mispricing. So, that meant, you know, it was much easier to generate alpha when yeah, there's, there's sort of a, a much less efficient market. So, interesting times there in the asset management space in the US. Moving to the markets now and it looks like the US will open largely flat for its Tuesday day of trading. There's still not much progress on the stimulus package front over there, but Nancy Pelosi has mentioned that things are moving. That's your update for Wednesday, have a great day.